0: Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not good. Right, ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another legion of michael podcast thank you very much for joining me i am your host paul markle and as solomon reminded us in ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12 it's always better to have two than one two men are stronger than one. Oh man sounds kind of like to me that uh, solomon was recommending that we work as teams does it sound like that to you Well, one of the biggest hurdles that you are going to encounter when it comes to setting up a brand-new church security team is going to be recruiting members, recruiting your team. How do you go about that? I'm going to assume that a lot of you out there who are listening right now are the motivated ones. You are the leaders. You are the impetus. You're the guy who says, hey, or maybe you're the gal who says, hey, we really need to step up. Our church security program. This, well, if you see anything, call 911 is not a security program. Or, well, you have a gun and I have a gun, so we're just going to carry our guns to church. There we go. Now we have a church security team. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Wrong answer. So let's say you've gotten to the point where you're like, you have gotten permission or the blessing uh, from the whether it's the Board of Elders or the Board of Trustees or maybe you have a uh, just a, a reverend or a minister or pastor who's in charge and he says, yes, do that. Chances are you're probably going to have to go through a Board of Trustees. All right, big guy, you had the idea. you sold us on the idea of a church security team. Now come up with members. Oh. Now you move from the idea to the reality. And how do we move from the idea of a church security team to the reality of a church security team? Everything looks good on paper, right? You say, I read the book, and the book sounds great. Now we have to actually make it happen. And how do we do that? And how do we go about recruiting people for our team? Hmm. Excuse me while I sip a little bit of hot tea there. Okay, number one, when you announce or if you announce that you're going to be a church doing a church security team, there probably will be several people who show up and say, Ooh, me, I want to be. I want to join. I want to be part of the new club. And that's great. That's fantastic. We like volunteers. However, some of those who initially to des- desire to be members will not possess the qualifications. How can we make the most of the talents available in our congregation? Well, you say, man, that's kind of that's hard, man. You're like, If somebody says, hi, I want to be on the team, you should just let them be on the team, right? Just let them join. If they want to, if they have the desire, well, that's all they need. Not really, because let's go back to the reality that we're dealing with here. We're not setting up a church security team to be a men's or women's social club. If you want to be part of a social club, join the ladies auxiliary or the men's auxiliary or the men's group or whatever you call it at your church. That is a social club. A security team is a group of individuals that are dedicating themselves to protecting the innocent. And often, protecting the innocent means injecting yourself physically into the problem. Whether it's a hands-on physical problem or whether it's a ballistic problem where you're going to have to use a firearm, these are serious realities. And just because someone wants to be part of the new club doesn't mean that they have the talent or the ability. Now, some will, but some won't. You need to possess some sort of physical fitness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be a member of the church security team, you are going to have to be able to stand on your feet before, during, and after the service. You need to be there before the congregation shows up, be alert and willing and able to perform your duties the whole time, whatever is going on, whether it's a church service or a funeral or a wedding or whatever happens to be going on, and then you're going to be the last ones to leave. Yeah, that's the reality of church security. Church security people have to be there first, stay the whole time, and then only leave after everyone else has left. Now, if you have a gentleman or a lady, uh, this this often will apply to gentlemen who is real excited about the idea of this new club, this new church security club. Okay. Some of these people are not going to have the physical, you know, uh, ability, excuse me, stamina is what I was looking for. They're not going to have the physical stamina to be able to be there first the whole time, on their feet, and stay until everyone's gone. If somebody can't stay and stand for an hour and a half without needing a break or needing to go sit down, they're probably not a very good candidate for the physical church security team. Now, could they potentially do other things? Yes, But that guy is not going to be the one tackling a lunatic who's about to take a straight razor to Grandma Tilly's throat. You're like, wow, that's crazy talk. Yeah, but that is the reality that we're dealing with. Mental fitness. And mental fitness goes into reliability and dedication. Now, if you are the leader, Let's say you've been designated by the, uh, the church board of elders or the trustees to come up with a team. Okay, great. You're going to come up with a team. What you should do before you even recruit one single person is you should write down a list of criteria and standards that everyone who's on the team, the active security team, is expected to meet standards that everyone has to meet wow well can't we just can't we just say hey anybody who wants to be on the team be on the team and then we'll just all show up we'll shake hands in the morning and bam we're a team no that's not what a team is a team is people who have similar skills and and maintain a standard you've got to have this why do you have to have this well i'm going to tell you at some point in time At some point in time, someone will want to join your team. They'll want to get on the church security team. And you, and this is probably after it's been established for a while, and you and your assistant team leader or whatever will sit down and say, you know, we're going to have to deny this person application. We're going to have to say no based on, whatever it is, whether we believe that they're unreliable or we believe that they don't have the physical capabilities or the stamina to do it. Either way, at some point in time, you're going to have to tell someone no. And the reality of human behavior is this, even church Christian behavior. Now, if they're a good Christian, if they're a faithful Christian, if they're a follower of the word, Then they will take that, like a rebuke from Solomon, and they will learn from it. But what do we know about fools and the naive? Often they will take that reproof or that discipline, and they will turn it around, and they will kick and scream and cry, and all of a sudden, you now have the biggest detractor you've ever had in this person who you didn't let on the team. They might go and complain to the the uh, the senior deacon, or they might go and complain to the pastor. They might go and complain to the reverend, and say, "Hey, I volunteered, and they said no, and they did that because they're mean and they're they're whatever." <laughs> and you say, "Paul, this is childish. This is reality. This is reality, and that what's going to happen is the reverend, the pastor." minister, they're going to call you, the team leader, up at home and say, hey, how you doing? You're going to say, I'm I'm doing great, doing fine. What's up? How can I help you, Reverend? Well, you know I hate to bring this up, but I just talked to, you know, Joe Blow. I just talked to Jimmy Bonatz, and Jimmy said that he wanted to be part of your team, and you told him no. And now I'm not, I don't want to really get in your business, but can, can you tell me why? And this is when you, because you're a smart leader, you can say, well, when we started this project, Reverend, we came up with a list of standards and criteria that every single person has to meet. And this is when he says, oh yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that. You say, well, and Jimmy Bonat's there. Joe Blow doesn't meet those. And here's why. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I, I appreciate it. Now, if you have no standards and you have no criteria and it's never been written down, What's going to happen is you're going to be accused of favoritism or nepotism, or you're going to be accused of having, you know, a, a an exclusive cool guy team. You know, only people who are Paul's friends are allowed to be on the team. And if you're not his buddy, you don't get to be on the team, yada, yada, yada. And you might say, no, that's not true at all. And people are going to say, well, what are your, what are the standards for entry into the team? And if they're just verbal like, well, we all sat down one day and we said, hey, what do you guys think? And we all said, yep, that's great. Let's do it. Nope. So the detractors, you'll be able to show them. And also, when someone comes and you were recruiting people for your team, what you can very easily do is you can sit down with them and you say, all right, these are the standards. This is what we expect from people who are on the church security team. Do you understand these? And are you willing to meet the standards? And can you even meet the standards? Now, some people might look at those and say, oh, I didn't realize that there was standards. I didn't realize there was criteria. I thought it this was just being part of a cool club. Mm. I drink tea again. <laughs> so you say, all right, Paul, I get it. I get it. We have to have standards because we're not playing a game here. This is this is a life and death, deadly force, lethal force situation that we're talking about. This isn't playtime. All right, great. What are some of the standards? Well, number 1. And this is super it seems easy, but when you apply it, then people will have to actually face the reality. Can you be on your feet? without sitting down for 90 minutes. You're like, well, duh, of course. Not necessarily of course. There are some people who are going to say, yeah, I want to be on your team. I'm a, I want to be on your team. And you say, okay, well, this is what we expect of you. We expect you to be at the church 15 minutes before the opening or the official opening of the ceremony, whatever it is, whether, like I said, it's a wedding or it's a church service, you need to be there before everybody else shows up. Okay. You need to be on your feet the entire time. Okay. Then you need to stay until everybody else leaves and it's only us. Then we lock up and we go home. Oh, yeah. So you mean I have to be there early, be there the whole time, and then stay late. Yes, that's exactly what we mean. And if you can't do that, and you say, "Well, well, you know, you don't guys understand. I got kids. I got a wife. I got a job. I got a this. I got a that. You know, I I don't know about that. I don't know all about this. Getting there early, being there the whole time, and staying late. I don't know about all that. Well, okay, fantastic. Then thank you very much. But that's what the requirement is. Now a great way an easy way a simple way to weed out those who on the surface because there's going to be a lot of people who who realize that this is the new cool thing at the church and they want to be part of it you say all right here is the deal on pick a date saturday morning at eight o'clock we will all be here in the church basement and we're going through traumatic medical training trauma medical training right Everybody who wants to be on the team has to be there, has to stay the entire time, and has to pass the class. Now, depending on who you get to teach the class and how much you do, this could be a four-hour class. But the truth of the matter is, if you're really serious about traumatic medicine, it needs to be at least a full day, preferably two full days of training. You mean, like, two eight hour training days for 16 hours total yes that's exactly what I mean well that's a lot of time to give up well let me tell you what brother let me tell you what brother and sister brothers and sisters'll do my best uh Hulk Hogan uh impression there I know it
1: wasn't a very good one forgive me If you
0: have someone who says, I want to be on your church security team, you're right, okay, thumbs up. Here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going to be, and this is what you need to do. If you say, we're going to train on Saturday, and the first thing this out of this person's mouth is, well, I can come for a little while, but I can't stay all day. Um. okay. Or, well, I I might be able to make it for the first day, but there's no way I can make it for the second day. Is that good enough? Actually, no. It's not good enough. If you have someone at the very beginning, if someone wants to be on your team, and the very first thing they do is start making excuses why they can't show up for training, that is not a person who can be relied upon. That is not a person who's demonstrating dedication or mental fitness or toughness. And ladies and gentlemen, if you say, well, Jim's a nice guy and let's just cut him a break and and let's put him on the team anyway. I know he, he only stayed for two hours of the class and then he had an excuse and he had to leave, but he's a nice guy. Within six months, probably less probably within three months. Jim will be scheduled to be on the morning security team for that day. And at the last minute, Jim will call and say, you know what, blah, 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 this has come up, I can't be there. And then it will happen over and over again. Because Jim has demonstrated from the very beginning that he's not really serious about this whole thing. I mean, it's if it's easy, I'll do it. And that's the, that is human reality. If it's easy, everybody could or would do it, but it's not easy. At some point in time, you're also going to have to come to the reality uh, or the realization, address the reality, that not everybody who wants to be on the church security team has the physical or mental capacity to handle a firearm safely, effectively, and efficiently around other people. Just because Jim or Fred or whatever, fill in the blank here, I know I'm using standard generic English names. Okay, I'll I'll throw one out there for you guys down south. Fernando. So Fernando really, really, really wants to be on the church security team. And he's always telling you about his... Kimber 1911 and shocks and yada, yada, yada. Okay. What you're going to have to do at some point in time, which you need to do very close to the beginning, because I would not have someone carrying a gun around me that I didn't know had the physical and mental capabilities to make that thing work safely and effectively and efficiently and put the bullets where they need to be and keep them from going where they don't need to be which is into me and other parishioners. So what do you do? Well, uh, in the uh, Legion of Michael book, in the actual physical paper book that I wrote, one of the things that I put in there, one of the uh, topics is firearms qualification. Now, it does, this doesn't have to be a special forces in-doc. This doesn't have to be an FBI uh, you know, training class. But you have to have, going back to the very beginning, you have to have what? There has to be a standard. You have to set some type of standard and maintain that standard. Now, in the Legion of Michael book, there's actually a dedicated step-by-step firearms qualification course. It's, it's right there for you. It's laid out for you. It's not exceedingly difficult. But again, it is difficult enough that if someone cannot do that, if they cannot perform, if they can't put the bullets where the bullets need to be when they need to do that, then they should not be carrying a gun around other people. That is a standard. And if somebody says to you, and this is, this is where we separate the sheep and the goats and the wheat and the chaff... This is when you say, all right, next, whatever, fill in the blank. I always say Saturday because that seems like, but it could be Tuesday night, you know, Tuesday night at six, we're all meeting at the local range, the indoor range, outdoor range, whatever you've got available to you. And we're going to do the firearms qualification. You tell everybody, all right, you guys want to be on the team? You do? Yes. Okay, great. Great. This is what you need. You need your holster, your handgun, magazines, and 50 rounds of ammo. And we all need to be at the fire at the range at this time, and we're going to run through the firearms qualification course. And if any of those people step forward to you or they pull you over to the side and they're like, "You know, man, I've been uh, I've been shooting all my life. My daddy taught me how to shoot, my grandpappy taught me how to shoot. I don't need I don't need to do your little class. I don't need to do your little test to prove that I know what I'm doing. Okay. Well, here's the deal. In the standards, in the criteria for team membership, you have to do this. If you don't want to and you think it's silly and it's a waste of your time, that is perfectly fine. You're an adult and you can have that opinion. At the same time, if you cannot make yourself show up and go through a very simple qualification course, then you cannot be on the team. That's part of the standards. Everybody else, this is when, I mean, if you want to be hardcore, you could, and you're on the sidebar with this guy, you can point to all those other people and say, all of those other people are going to park their egos, and they're going to go through the qualification course. If you can't park your ego and go through it with them, what am I supposed to say? You're special. You get a waiver for being super special. The rest of them are going to do it, but you're not. Now, it'll probably never get to that point because the shame factor will kick in. And if they're really not going to do it, then they'll say, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see. I'll see you there then. I'll see you there then. And then come Saturday morning at 9 when everybody else is at the range, they won't be there. And then when you go to talk to them later, they'll have this excuse. Oh, I couldn't get a sitter. My wife wasn't feeling good. I had to go into work. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the dog was having puppies, whatever. Uh, The fact of the matter is you have to have standards. And these don't have to be, like I said, we're not talking about United States Marine Corps recon indoctrination standards. I'm not talking about special forces selection process. I'm talking about basic standards that you expect everyone on your team to follow. That is the best way to recruit people. You say, well, Paul, all these people want to be in the, in the team. Great. Now, one of the best ways to recruit people is to actually just do the training. Do the traumatic medical training. Do the communications radio training. Do the the firearms training. And even and the people who weren't there will hear about it. The people who weren't at the traumatic medical training because they didn't ask to be or didn't want to be or didn't think about being on your team, later on they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, I heard that you guys did a, you know, whatever. You did a, you know, beyond the Band-Aid, you did a traumatic uh, medical training course and I was talking to somebody and they said it was really great training. And he said, All right. Great. And they'll thank you. Yeah. Well, how can I do that? Oh, you want to do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I absolutely want to do that. Tell you what, next time we, the, the very next one we have scheduled, we'll let you know and you come do it. And you can ditto the same thing with the firearms training, go through a firearms training course. Not, I said training, not Qualification. Get somebody to come in, someone who's an actual experienced, qualified firearms trainer. Get them to come in and have everybody run through a two-hour, a four-hour course. Get some actual, actual real training. Training is what is done under the watchful eye of an expert. Somebody who does it for a living. Somebody who has done it for a living for a while. Training is not practice. Practice is what you do on your own. Training is what you do with an instructor there to monitor you and fix you and make corrections. Do you guys got it? Okay, fantastic. That's one of the great ways to recruit for your team. Get people together and actually do real stuff. Show people, demonstrate that you're not a paper tiger, that you're not just all talk. This is where, going all the way back to the beginning, this is where we transfer an idea. We take this cool idea of a Legion of Michael Church security team. We take that idea and we transform it into a reality. So on paper, looks great. Then we have to actually get real humans who, are, who have actual genuine training and work together. How do we build a team, ladies and gentlemen? Once you've recruited your team, you've got people that are all, they have the desire, they have the expressed desire to be on your team. How do you get them to all actually work together and function as a team, not just a bunch of individuals? Well, you all get together and you engage in training together, you engage in practice together, you engage in whatever. You go through scenarios. Maybe you do walk through scenarios. Maybe you do fire drill scenarios. You could do fire drill scenarios in your church. You can go to the church and you can do uh, medical training. You know what? What would we do if, if you know Aunt Susie, everyone's favorite Aunt Susie's in the third pew back, and she falls out. Boom. She faints, and as she's going down, she clips her head at the edge of the hardwood pew. Now, Susie is sprawled out in the aisle, lovely Aunt Susie that everybody loves, passed out with a big gash in her forehead, and blood's pumping out. What are we going to do? You're the church security team. You can't just stand there and stare, and you can't shoot the wound clothes with your Kimber with with Hydroshocks. You're going to have to do something, and everyone in that church is going to expect you to do something. Oh, yeah, exactly. Run through scenario training. If you're the leader, set up scenarios. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, IRA terrorists or Muslim terrorists jumping out of the out of the trees. Sometimes it's what would we do if the what would we do if Reverend Jim had a heart attack in the middle of his sermon? You know, what would we do if little five-year-old Billy is starts choking to death on a cough drop in the middle of the service? What would we do if? And start doing scenario training that is how you build camaraderie and teamwork so ladies and gentlemen two are always better than one king solomon reminded of us the us of that way back in ecclesiastes two though one uh, though one may be empowered two can defend themselves A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Thank you, Solomon, for reminding of this. So, you got a team. You want a team. You're going to have to recruit people for the team. Before you recruit one single person, sit down, come up with a list of criteria and standards. Don't have to be super high speed, but they have to be written down. Now, you can modify these. Over time, you might say, man... We've been going for six months now, a year now, two years now, and I realize that we really need to make sure everybody can blank whatever, do CPR, use the, the AED machine, uh, Heimlich Maneuver, whatever, right? You can add that. You can always update the standards. You can always add to them, but they need to be there for everyone to see so that it never appears like you've got an exclusive cool guy club and you're playing favorites. Because at some point in time, someone is going to accuse you of that. Set the standards. Demand that people meet the standards. And then if they're willing to do that, those are the guys that you want. You want those people. And those people will be proud of themselves for their accomplishments, and they will be proud to be a member of your team because they've earned it. Anything. Nobody appreciates anything that is free. If it's easy, if it's free, people don't appreciate it. If they actually had to work for it, if they had to put in effort and dedication to get there, they will appreciate it. All right, guys, that's it for today's Legion of Michael. I'm going to go ahead and close it with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Talk to you again real soon.